Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Jason says, people are confused. You don't need a Hall of Famer to play quarterback. It helps, but it's not a requirement. Mm, I think we've gone. You, you don't have to have a Hall of Famer to get you there. But the majority of teams with quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, a lot of those quarterbacks are going to the Hall of Fame. I think, Ben, didn't we go through like since 1980 or 90 or something like that, out of all the quarterbacks that have played in the Super Bowl, I think there was like, out of all of them that have played, I think like four or five were not really going to be Hall of Famers. I think that was of those that won. Because those yeah. that played is a much more extensive list. Yes, correct. And includes Rex Grossman. Correct. But those that have won, um, it, it, yeah, it, it takes a lot to get you there and to get you to, to, to a championship. Um, you know, obviously Tom Brady's had success. Peyton Manning's had success. You know, I the debate is whether or not Eli Manning will end up in the Hall of Fame with two rings. I don't think he will, though, will he? Do you think Eli Manning's Hall of Fame worthy? I don't think he's good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he will get to the Hall of Fame. That's a true, like, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning, which I understand. The Eli Manning part is an interesting part of the conversation because he is a Hall of Famer because he won the Super Bowls. But he wasn't necessarily a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback outside of those runs if that makes sense. Correct. Like, he's not an example either way. Or he might be an example as the way of, can Love play like Eli Manning for a season? I would hope he played better. Because Eli Manning right. was the most mediocre quarterback I've ever watched. He just had two right. two great runs, which is possible. Um, Let's see here. You start to go through this list. You go way back. Um... Jim Plunkett is not a Hall of Famer, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he is. He is. He is a Hall of Famer. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the College Football Hall of Fame. That's the Hall of Fame I recognize. My bad. Correct. Okay. (laughs) Let's do this. Um, Because if you go back to 1990, or really even before that, uh, you look at the ones that are not. Joe Montana is, go back to 84, 81. Joe Theismann, Jim Plunkett, he is not. Joe Montana is, obviously. Jim McMahon, no. Phil Sims, no. Doug Williams, no. Montana, Montana. Hostetler, no. Mark Rippian, no. Then you go Aikman, Steve Young, Brett Favre, John Elway, Kurt Warner, all MVPs. There's Trent Dilfer. Tom Brady will be. Brad Johnson, no. Roethlisberger will be. Peyton Manning is. Eli Manning probably will be. Do you think Drew Brees will be? Think Drew Brees is going to be a Hall of Famer? Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be an MVP and a Hall of Famer. Joe Flacco will not be. Russell Wilson, doubt it, but maybe. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Nick Foles will not be. Tom Brady. Patrick Holmes will be Brady. 
Matthew Stafford will not be Patrick Mahomes. So the majority of Super Bowl winners from 1966 through 1979, every Super Bowl winner is a Hall of Famer. Then it skips a year with Plunkett. Then you get into Montana back in 1981, and then it goes from there. Um, so, it, yeah, and you still got a lot of active players like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, uh, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. You know, all these guys that have been to a Super Bowl, they're all still active players. So the, the, the story is unwritten on them. Cam Newton's not going to be. Colin Kaepernick's not going to be. Um, Rex Grossman's not going to be. Matt Hasselbeck, not going to be. Donovan McNabb, not going to be. Jake DeLome, not going to be. Rich Gannon, not going to be. But if you kind of get the theme here, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, yeah, you're you're most likely going to be a Hall of Famer. Careful about saying anything bad about Eli Manning, Bill. Apparently there's a sleeper cell of Eli Manning truthers in the state, uh, all of whom are now coming after me on Twitter and on the phone. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think Eli Manning has done enough to he, – he, he, if you take – now, again, I, I say I hate this, but if you take away the Super Bowls – he would not be a Hall of Famer. The Super Bowls make him a Hall of Famer. That's why he'll be in the Hall of Fame. So, I, you know, I'm not denying that he's going not going to be a Hall of Famer, but I don't think, put it this way, I don't think he's a, will, will he be a first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer? Probably not. That people are calling with numbers and more touchdowns than Elway and whatever. I don't care. That's the eye test, Bill, you know? Yeah. You, you watch a guy, you're like, yeah, I, I I think he stinks. That's how I feel about Eli Manning. I I think he's a Hall of Famer. I just don't think he's of this. Like, when you think of a Hall of Famer, you go Montana, you go, you know, look at Brett Favre, you know, you look at a guy like that. I mean, hands down, I mean, when they finish their career, like, that guy, no doubt. Like, Rodgers, no doubt, Hall of Famer, no doubt. Roethlisberger, two Super Bowls, the whole thing, and what he what he did and kind of drugged that team, no doubt. Eli Manning had incredible defense when they won. He had some incredible playmakers around him when they won. Not to say that, you know, Favre didn't and Rodgers didn't and other players didn't because they had good defenses too. But, but you know, Joe Montana, you know, hands down, Hall of Famer. You know, the, and remember, the game was different then, too, when you start to look at the numbers. I don't really look at the numbers when it comes to comparing to somebody prior to 1990 or prior to 95 because the game has changed so much. The rules have been basically pr- predicated on scoring. The rules have changed to become so distinctive for the offense and favor the offense and moving the ball downfield. And you can't hit anybody going over the middle. Can you imagine – you know, Ronnie Lott and Singletary and all those guys not being able to hit anybody going across the middle the way they used to, to be that tenacious and that, that you know, almost almost like a bully defense. You, you can't do that anymore. So, you know, you look at the numbers compared today versus 10 years ago versus 20 years ago, the numbers in football are going to change. 
because there's certain things in today's day and age you can't do with the discovery of CTE and concussions and, and knocking guys out of a ball game. You know, no more hits to the head, no more – you can't hit a guy below the knees. You can't hit a guy, you know, above the shoulders. you got to make sure you hit him in the midsection. And, you know, you've got the, the, the defenseless receiver, a guy that's not even looking. How many times on the NFL Follies films did you see some guy coming across the middle going up for a catch only to get just completely blown up by a safety or a linebacker? You, you know, you can't do any of that anymore. So, yeah, your numbers are going to be better. You know, they're, they're going to be way better than a guy like Bart Starr and way better than – you know, the years gone by from some of the other quarterbacks that have played the game, like even, say, uh, Terry Bradshaw, Bob Greasy, uh, Roger Staubach. You look at those guys and you're like, the game was different, and it was a predicated running game. You ran to set up the pass. In today's day and age, you just pass. The run game is almost non-existent, you know? You think about guys like Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer and those guys, you know? You, you think about them. And in the, what, what a staple they were in the offense. And in today's day and age, it'd be an afterthought, you know? So the game has changed. But Eli Manning will probably end up as a, as a Hall of Famer. I don't doubt that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, it's just one of those interesting things, you know. It's just one of those interesting things. Um Tom says uh, Big Ben had a better arm, in my opinion. Um, and Big Ben also had incredible defenses. You're right about that, Pac-Man. He had really good defenses. Really good defenses. Um, Mike says, Terry Bradshaw, don't forget, 212 touchdowns, 210 interceptions, completion percentage of 51.9. It was the Super Bowls that put him in the Hall of Fame. Correct. Correct. And you look at a guy like, you're right, Greg, Phil Sims, not in the Hall of Fame. He won some Super Bowls with uh, that incredible Giants team going back to the days of Bill Parcells and that just incredible defense and Lawrence Taylor and company. You, you're absolutely right. So we'll see. And don't forget, New York writers are a vast, and those that live in New York and cover the sport, a vast majority of the people that vote on the Hall of Fame too. So if there's some kind of a grudge that they hold against you, in New York, it can be very difficult to find your way into uh, the Hall of Fame. Um, Brandon says the only reason Eli Manning does go into the Hall of Fame would be because of the Super Bowls that he won. Yes. It's completely, I, I agree with that. But like we said, you take away Terry Bradshaw and the four Super Bowls, you know, and, and, you know, Troy Aikman was a hell of a quarterback. He deserved to be there. He didn't He didn't have to win the Super Bowls. Montana didn't have to win the Super Bowls. But the guys that did win the Super Bowls, that was the extra push, the extra feather in their cap to say, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, that they belong in the Hall of Fame. Scott says, Phil Sims before Eli Manning. We've started something here, Ben. We've started a whole trend. Yeah, my discussion. bad. My bad. That's my bad. <laughs> to talk about Nick Foles. That's a unifying force. Yeah, right? Uh, Tom says, hey, guys, I like the Jordan Love restructured contract, a fair deal, giving both sides. And uh, my suspicion, it also frees up some cap space uh, for next season versus the fifth-year option. Lots of cap room next season to add some pieces or extend key players. Feels like all the pieces are in place for success sooner rather than later. Jordan Love being the most important piece and the biggest unknown. T-Dub listening to us in Tulsa. T-Dub, you the man. Um, This is from uh, Watley. 
who says uh, you got to get Ken Ingles on and explain why his numbers are so different than everybody else's numbers when it comes to cap space. He says the Packers don't have any next year. Everybody else says the Packers have a lot next year. Can you please explain why? We we got into that a little bit yesterday. We got to get Ken Ingles on. Do we have his number, Ben? Do not. No. I've DM, I've DM'd him a couple of times on uh, Twitter because uh, I don't have his number, and apparently he doesn't read his DMs. So uh, Ken Ingles is out there taking a listen to the program. We want to get you on and explain the difference because he's got it. He's he's kind of that guy. He's that cat, so to speak. Um, what else do we have here? Jimbo says Jim Kelly. What about Jim Kelly? Um, oh no, <laughs> it's never ending. Um, as soon as Jim, it gets to guys way, that played before I was born, like I don't know. <laughs> by the way, I'm Jim not. is in the Hall of Fame. Just so we know, he is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy that never won a Super Bowl was Dan Marino. Down Dan Marino, you knew when he finished his career, he was going to the Hall of Fame. No doubt about it, he was going to the Hall of Fame. So, so while the the Super Bowls can put you over the top, it's you go just by the eyeball test. For those that watch Dan Marino play, Marino was going. He was fantastic. The problem was they didn't have just enough defense around him and enough of a run game at times to get him there. Um, this is from uh, this is from Bill. Bill says, what about Boomer Esiason? He is not in the Hall of Fame. He is not. Went to a Super Bowl, but he is not in the Hall of Fame. I don't care. There you go. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. And uh, you can hit us up. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Quick Trip is fantastic. I had said yesterday, you don't realize what it is until it's gone. When I was uh, traveling the last couple of weeks uh, and you're out of state, you're out of town, and you're stopping off at, you know, you know, convenience stores and gas stations and bathrooms and such, and you're like, oh, my God, I just want to get back to Quick Trip. Thank God we got them here in the state of Wisconsin. And right now you go in and use your Quick Rewards card and buy something from iGogs, uh, sunglasses, some of the neon factors, whatever it happens to be. You are then registered to win uh, not one but two personal watercraft, two of them, a couple of jet skis, man, not a bad way to go. Check them out, and uh, you can stop into Quick Trip and see all the store, see the store for all the details. But if you go in and you buy something from the iGogs collection, uh, you are then uh, you know registered for two Sea Dew Spark personal watercrafts and the sweepstakes. So there you go. That's going on right now. Don't forget also you've got the eight piece chicken and chicken tenders. Uh, all that stuff going on right now at, at Quick Trip, which by the way the chicken is fantastic. They've got the kitchen kitchen crazy craving sub sandwiches different varieties they've got gallons of milk on specials so yada 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 i'm just telling you everything you already know it's just a great place great people and that's our friends over there at quick trip big time supporter of the program covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Summer gig, they still could use a couple people. 
and our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort and Pine Mountain Resort up in uh, the UP. But if you're looking for an exciting career or maybe a culinary career and you want to test your wares, they are looking for creative people. However, if you are looking for a great place to go, and we know the weather's eventually going to get warm. It's supposed to start getting warmer this weekend. And then next week, it's going to be better and better and better. And if you're looking for a new destination, maybe for a corporate meeting, a conference, or you just want to get a romantic getaway, get away, put the phones down, just go play a little golf, go, you know, take a UTV or an ATV ride, pontoon ride, uh, do the waterfall tour come summertime, whatever it happens to be. They're now booking spring and summer bachelor and bachelorette parties. That's our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort. But you got to call Barb, B-A-R-B. Call Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. That's a, such a great place up there, the Four Seasons. Matter of fact, my son, I gave him that for his wedding present. And my son is heading up uh, a little bit later in the year. And they are really looking forward to it. They're kind of the adventurous type anyway, but they are really, really looking forward to it. So if you want 15% off of your stay, only because you listen to this program, get a hold of Barb and, and call her, 715-938-5110. And say, Barb, I heard it on the Bill Michaels Show. I'm promo code Bill Michaels 15 Michaels 15 and you get 15% off of your stay. It's that simple. Good stuff from our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Ben... Have you noticed anything regarding the show? Huh. And well, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back because you gave the breaking news sounder when I was away. This was just brought to my attention. I had no idea. Oh, goodness. You're kidding. I'm you, not kidding. I'm going to let you break this news because I, if I just – if you give me four minutes to get my thoughts on it, we might go down a, de- a terrible path. <laughs> I just – uh, somebody just brought it to my attention. I, they said, did you, uh, did you do that? I said, no, but I got a note. There's certain people that have, I, I don't know why the criteria meets the criteria, but that get verified. But I just, it was brought to my attention by Mallory. Mallory said, congratulations on the blue check mark. Did you pay for it? I did not. But if you go to Twitter, the blue check mark is back. There you go. No comment. Yeah, I know. Oh, well. It is back. Now, are, you're not a fan of that, right, Ben? I am not a fan of many things, and uh, Elon Musk does happen to fall under that umbrella. Um, I, You know, two things. One is anytime you – and I don't know what all the details are. I don't get into all the politics side of things, but I do know friends who do. And whenever you start censoring what is and isn't out there and what is and isn't said, I think it's wrong. Um, because there's so much that's misleading. And the problem is, and I've said this before, um, and I've given friends advice that need PR. Um, and I've said, look, and, and I, by no means am I here to insult anybody's intelligence. So just keep that in mind because I consider all of us, uh, above the one percenters, but we live in a society where the lower common denominator rules the roost. Everybody that's educated, you know what you're educated about. But it's the people that just see an ad on TV or read something really quick, and they go, oh, okay, it must be real. And so when you start censoring things, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it at all. Positive, negative, whatever it happens to be, you know, we are who we are. Just let it spew and let the, you know, let the ramifications fall where they may. The only thing I like about the blue check mark on Twitter is this. 
is we have had so many misleading stories. I, just, I got caught the other day with what looked like an Aaron Rodgers account, and it wasn't. But I took a quick glance at it and posted something, and I was like, crap, it wasn't, it wasn't the true Aaron Rodgers account. I was looking for the blue check mark, but I know that, you know, there's people that don't have them anymore. So They're all the gone. only thing, yeah, the only thing that was ever certain was if you indeed did have a blue check mark, such as the Ian Rappaport's, the Adam Schefter's, and such, because God knows there's like ten different Ian Rappaport accounts out there, and it's happened on draft day, it's happened throughout the season where suddenly, you know, it's an injury report, somebody's not playing, or there's a rumor out there, and you're like, oh my God, you know, and you start talking about it only to find out that it's not really his account. The blue check mark is what gave you the verification that it was. And so there's not many people that are going to be out there paying for fake accounts to put a blue check mark on them. So that was the one thing that I appreciated because I always told everybody, look for the blue check mark because then you knew the information was true. And now, because of so many fake accounts and just the pleasure so many people take and just misleading people, it's I, I appreciate the blue check mark for that fact only. Other than that, I really don't give a damn. But at least I know if I look at Ian Rappaport or Schefter or anybody else that I kind of follow for news and information, specifically right here in our own backyard, if I see a check mark, I kind of know that's where the information has come from, and it's real. And I appreciate that. Rather than having to take the extra time to go dig to see if indeed it's actually true. So, so when, when you do a show like this and you're on the fly, we rely upon that. So that I do appreciate. But beyond that, uh, I agree with you. It's just a status thing more than anything. And I think that's the way it started out was certain people, certain people with status got those check marks and others didn't. And, it, you know, it kind of irritated some people. But for all of us that follow stars, celebrities, official sites, what have you, we, uh, we appreciate the fact that it had the blue check mark so you knew the information was true. Is that true? Is that, is that the easiest way to put it? I guess, yeah. Uh, it's not the reason I'm unhappy with the state of Twitter. That's that's a little more that goes into it. We are unhappy with the state of Twitter. I, like, listen, I love Twitter to death. It's it's being somewhat run into the ground. Like the algorithms are weird. The homepage looks yeah. like crap. There, like there are things that have happened that have made me unhappy with the state of the application, which is I, I use it to joke and or learn about sports, and it has uh, become harder to do so. We'll say. Twitter is That's my official statement. the place, like, even the NBA doesn't have a blue check mark, which I find interesting. Yes, they do. They do? Well, it's gold. You know what? They have See, a different the status for yes, the thing. Yes, 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 you are correct. There is gold status now. But you pay big but, money for that. But yes. But yet you know. You know it's true. So, you know, I, it's kind of like when I get emails that are, say, from Amazon, and it says, you know, fill this out for an Amazon gift card or whatever, and then you click on it, and you open it up, and you're going to, you know, respond to whatever it is they have, and then you look at the return email address, you're like, it's a it's a grouping of letters and numbers and gobbledygook, and you know it's crap. You know it's it's BS, cause it's, and then it's taking your time. Um, I, so I, I appreciate that, but that's as far as I'm going to go. That's as far as I'll go. Uh, 877-867-C, like today, when Tom Pelissaro, for example, Tom Pelissaro, the NFL Network insider, when he over on TweetDeck, the gold check marks, the blue check marks and such have not transferred. So when on TweetDeck, I saw that this morning from Tom Pelissaro, I had to go look for it to make sure that it was actually him over on the, the actual Twitter account 
to make sure that that was him and it wasn't somebody out there trying to fool me, so to speak. So, anyway, that's our five-minute dissertation on, on Twitter. But, yeah, it's back. There you go. Sports Illustrated, though, they got a gold. gold che- I don't know what the gold. What does a gold check mark mean? Oh, it's because it's an organization. Uh, blue check marks are for people. Gold check marks are for organizations. That's what that is. That's what that is. Thank you very much, Steve. So, okay. All right, we're going to be done with that. Uh, when we come back, Tom, listening to us in Franklin, Wisconsin, you're going to be first out of the shoot. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show we continue on. I know this time of year uh, it's a little bit uh, iffy when it comes to the weather. And if you were looking for a place to go, maybe warm, just like I did a couple of weeks ago, went to Florida for five days and spent some time down there. I just just sat on the beach and did nothing, which was fantastic. Or you want to go to an all inclusive, you want to do some traveling overseas. Maybe you got the trip of a lifetime you want to plan. Don't look any further than our buddy Kirk over at Cruise Planners Land and Cruise Vacations. All you got to do is call them. 262-344-0697. One of the best parts about this is that uh, you can put a little bit of money down, you can finance it, or you can pay the whole thing off, whatever it happens to be. You can pay it off over a time. You can finance a massive trip. Uh, they can help you out with that. Or if you just, you know, you got 1500 bucks or 800 bucks or 2000 bucks, whatever it happens to be, and you want to go to an all-inclusive and just kind of kick back, relax, and take it easy, they can do that too. Call our buddy Kirk, 262 262- Three four four zero six ninety seven, two six two three four four zero six ninety seven at Cruise Planners, and they are a big supporter of our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September second. Sunday, September second, benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. So, give them a shout. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We'd love to hear from you. This is uh, this is from. Uh, this is from uh, Jason, who said, Todd McShay has said Jordan Love would be the number two rated quarterback in this year's NFL draft. Ben, do you think that's correct, that Jordan Love would have been the number two overall had uh, he actually, you know, been in this year's draft? I think so. He, he's not, I mean, he's younger than some of the guys. Hendon Hooker got taken in the third round, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's older than right. Jordan Love. I think Will Levis might be as well. And with Love having spent three years in the Packers system and in the pro system, like compare him to Bryce Young, who's undersized, and Stroud, who people like, but maybe the ceiling's limited. I think he might even be the number one, frankly, Hmm. if he had entered the draft. Which still doesn't mean anything. And the reason I say that, and I don't mean to downplay what Todd McShare or anybody else says, but it still doesn't mean anything because none of these guys have proven themselves. We have seen a lot of quarterbacks taken number one overall that have never panned out. Never. Ryan Leaf, David Klingler, you can go on and on through the list of guys that have taken been taken number one and they just never amounted to anything. Um, so I uh, the placement only means more money for him. 
and he's making money now. So you can be number one, but if you never live up to that number one stat, look, I mean, go back to the year that the Packers drafted fifth overall and took A.J. Hawk. A.J. Hawk was a staple in the defense for I, I don't know how many years, uh, to, um, over a decade. And he started out as a sideline-to-sideline guy and then became more of a, a, a situational guy. And, you know, then people ripped him because, oh, he only makes tackles downfield. He was a leading tackler, but he only makes tackles five yards downfield. And But he was a sustainable middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. If he was chosen in the sixth round, he would have been an incredible find. But because he was fifth overall, the expectations were that he would be Urlacher or Singletary or any other you know, Jack Lambert, I mean, any of these guys that were historically dominant when it came to playing the middle linebacking position, or Ray Lewis, and just it, he never amounted to that. Therefore, everybody goes, ah, you know, fifth overall, you never really amounted to much. Well, correct. So to say that, that he, oh, he'd be number two in this year's draft, well, he's rocketing up the big board, it's just a giant steaming pant load. It's just more crap being spewed by guys that, think they know more than everybody else, when in, in reality, it's a crapshoot. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, you know, believe that, you know, every player personnel and pro personnel and college scout that's out there thinks they know what they're talking about. But if that was true, then every team would be incredibly good. And a lot of these guys wouldn't be busts. But there's, out of every draft, you get a handful of guys that really become dominant. And the rest of them are either solid players for a period of time, and after four or five years, they're on the outside looking in, looking for a contract, a diminished contract, moving to another team, whatever. And then within another contract after that, they're pretty much out of the league, you know? I'm going to give Jordan Love, you know, time, and hopefully we see a lot of progress this season. Um. You know, Keith says, what do you, want to, what do you want to see out of Jordan Love? I said yesterday, if you give him 36 to 3,800 yards, you know, 27 to 32 touchdowns, keep the interceptions to 10 or less, um, completion percentage of about 67%, 66% better, I, I'm happy with that. That, to me, if the defense is worth anything, would be a really successful season, you know? Um, but I, if you, if you go say with a 62, 63% completion percentage, 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 to 15 interceptions, then it's, it's, it's a, it's an adequate season, but I think it would be a little bit disappointing. It, it but, but. Let me say this. It depends on what you see. You can throw those numbers out, and they may not look, you know, spectacular. But let's say he's doing that with a very diminished offense. Say he, you lose Christian Watson's down with a hamstring. Romeo Dubs is down with a hand issue. You've got two rookie wide receivers you're trying to indoctrinate. Uh, and that's about the extent of it. You don't end up picking up any kind of a veteran that's really going to help you out. The tight ends... You know, they're they're serviceable but not great by any stretch of the imagination. And say you lose Aaron Jones midseason and such, you know, it's just a, an injury-ridden year. If he puts up those numbers, it's a spectacular season. But if everybody's healthy and he's missing throws and his completion percentage is down because of that, as opposed to dropped footballs or tipped footballs and such, 
and, and you know tip balls that end up in somebody else's hands, then it 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 depends on how you know what the look is to the eyeball test. The numbers would be adequate, but they wouldn't be playoff worthy. But if he's got a plethora of injuries around him and an offensive line that's just not that good, and you know, like I stated, a lot of your what the guys you're depending on just aren't there. Well, then it's a spectacular season. That means he made something out of basically nothing. So at the end of the season, the statistics are going to be one thing, but you and I are going to know to the eyeball test, does this guy got it? Is he hitting open receivers or is he missing? You know, remember, Brett Hundley could throw downfield all damn day, but the quick outs, he would he, he would overthrow a guy, get him killed, because he just he couldn't handle the crown of a field for whatever reason. He just, everything he threw went high. He just never got his footwork down. He couldn't do it. He looked the part. I mean, that big dude, strong guy, you know, big arm. You know, my ass. Yeah, big arm. Throw it downfield. I got a big arm. I can throw it 40 yards. Who cares? But is he accurate? Can he put it into certain windows? Can he make throws that, you know, only he can make at that particular point in time that only other great quarterbacks are making? That That's what I want to see. I'll let you know at the end of the season or at least 10 games in as to, you know, the thought. And if you see some mistakes early on, that's okay. But if you see the same mistakes 10 games in, 12 games in, 14 games in, and it's still the same errors and it's costing your team, well, then you start to question, does this guy have it? So, you know, I I can sit here and give you a list of, of things that I'm looking for, but I think right now it's just the eyeball test is what we're all looking for, you know? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Um, you can throw it 50 yards down the field? I can throw a football. I, that's the one thing I still have huh. from back even, you know, playing more baseball than it was football. I've always had a strong arm. No problem. No problem. I don't know if I could do it for my knees. I can't pull a Will Levis and hit the crossbar, but but I, I can I can throw a football, I can throw a baseball, but <laughs> I can't run after it <laughs> anymore. But yeah, I could always do that. I mean, I played first base for years because I was a big dude, but you couldn't you couldn't go first to third on me, I'll tell you that. But I wasn't overly fast, so I didn't play outfield. But I had an arm that could throw it from the outfield fence to home pretty much on a fly. No problem. And the, the few times I did get a chance to pitch, I mean, going all the way back to when, God, I was in eighth grade and freshman year of high school, I was I was throwing 90 miles an hour. I threw 80, 84 when I was in seventh grade. I went down to a Reds camp one year down at Riverfront Stadium and threw 84 miles an hour when I was in seventh grade. And I felt pretty good because that was Greg Maddox territory at the time. I just didn't have the control that Greg Maddox did. I had more of like wild thing control. Oh, like, that was back when managers would let pitchers pitch, Bill. Right? Back when men were men, when pitchers could finish games. We had a guy on our team count. named Max Greeby. Max was probably as tall as I was, maybe an inch shorter. Max was a tall, lanky dude. And I he was like Gumby. He had snap, man, and he he threw a lot of pitches when we were when we were younger. But Max was he could heat it up to ninety 
when we were in sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I mean, he, he went to pitching camps and he he went to Notre Dame pitching camps. Uh, there was a Notre Dame camp. Uh, there was one at the University of Cincinnati. The Reds had one. Uh, the Louisville uh, back then it was I can't remember what the Louisville team was, but he went to a Louisville camp. But he impressed the hell out of people. He ended up going. He played for Auburn. Uh, ended up playing for Auburn. Got a scholarship to Auburn. I think he blew out his elbow. But, yeah, Max could heat it up. He was our pitcher. And he had good control. Big breaking ball. Big over-the-top breaking ball. And when we got into uh, freshman year, man, he was almost unhittable. So, anyway. Well, that's a that's a whole whole walk down a craptastic memory lane, isn't it? 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Coming up on Thursday, Thunderbucks. Big booming bucks going on over there at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. If you're looking for a great weekend stay, make it a Thursday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then head home on Sunday, whatever it happens to be. The hotel is open. The casino is open. The sports book is open. And the new one is currently being built as we speak. But to everything that they have to offer, Potawatomi Hotel Casino, stop into the big 360 bar in the middle and get yourself either an appetizer or something to drink. Just sit back and enjoy all the action that's going on around you. Potawatomi Hotel Casino goes to go to PaysBig.com. Pay, P-A-Y-S, PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tuesday, and this portion brought to you by our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating, serving La Crosse in Trempolo Counties, Monroe Counties, Vernon, Jackson Counties, out there in the western portion of the state of Wisconsin, founded, and they came on board because they want to support the uh, the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, but they are founded by a career, Korean War veteran in Clayton Every back in 1969. And uh, if you are looking for a terrific company, third generation run now, as a matter of fact, Craig just took it over. And uh, they're putting uh, an extra emphasis on customer and employee satisfaction. And if you are a licensed plumber uh, looking for some great wages and great benefits, uh, give Craig a call. He keeps all those calls confidential. You know, hey, you can possibly look at a a new career or a career. So they're hiring right now with uh, those that have experience in new construction, residential, light commercial. And if you're in West Salem or on Alaska or Shelby or Holman or anywhere out there, uh, call them 608 783-2803, 608-783-2803. 783-2803, 783-2803, that is every plumbing and heating out there in the La Crosse area. Thanks to them for being a part of the program. Certainly appreciate it. Um, the uh, By the way, Ben, uh, I, I got one here, and this is from Vince who says, uh, hey, hey, unit, can you still hit a baseball, throw a baseball? Can you still leap and play basketball? Can you still run, and can you still block playing football? Um, I can still hit a baseball. I don't care. I, 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 I know, Ben. I know. We're, we're down the rabbit hole of what you don't care about. Uh, but I do. I Now, what do you do, Ben? Do you just hit golf balls in the summertime? Do you do anything else? What do you mean? Do, I, I do, do a lot like, of things. Like up, up, up the street from me is some batting cages. 
Uh, and I will go up there and, like, you know, if Kristen has the kids over, we'll go play putt-putt or something. But we go to the batting cages. I'll still hit. So I can still hit a baseball. No problem. Uh, I can still throw. I cannot leap worth a damn. You had knee surgery, so you can't do a whole lot, right? No, I did not have surgery. I should have I gotten surgery. No, that's the okay. whole problem. Uh, I just okay. let it heal. But, no, okay. the, the knees are doing well. Okay, good. I can't leap. I have no leap ability. I used to be able to get up and dunk a basketball. I think I can barely get midway up the net now. So there's no leap ability there. Not a not not a lot. Um, and as far as blocking for football, I would my back would crumble like a fold like a cheap suit. I, I would just I'd be like a, a pretzel. I'd be bad. I'd be laying there just shivering in my own crap. So that'd be gone. So I can still hit, still can throw. But as far as that goes, nothing more. Nothing more than that. Don't run. If I do run, it's usually jogging on a treadmill. That's about the extent of it. <laughs> so, I got zero prowess left. Zero prowess. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. 877-867-1670. By the way, Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast coming up after the top of the hour, and uh, he's going to join us for a little bit. We're going to talk with him not only about the draft, but about what's transpired today. Darnell Savage Jr. signing a, a contract restructure which saves the Packers about $5.4 million. You got Jordan Love signing uh, a contract extension going through 2024. So you got a little bit of news there. Um, this one is uh, D'Amico saying, uh, are you guys, he says, by the way, Ben, I can hear you. So earlier people were saying they couldn't hear the program. So he says he can hear you. Uh, this is from Steve who says, tight ends. I got to thinking about Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft yesterday and what an athletic a tight end can do for an offense not to mention two of them, I started thinking about comparing them to Jermichael Finley, so I went back to my 2008 draft guide to look up Finley. Unfortunately, it was Kuiper's guide and not our lads. Both of the new tight ends have better speed. Musgrave is 4'6 in the 40, and Kraft is 4'6'9. Finley was 4'8'3. Size was about the same. We all know that Jermichael Finley uh, to this team, it's a shame that uh, his career ended too soon. And what he meant to the offense uh, with the diversity on the offensive skill players, I really think that the Packers are in a good position to take this offense to the next level. Uh, the balance of the run-pass game should be open to play-action passes, a little 5- to 10-yard hits down the field, can turn into 15- to 20-yard gains. Not to be overly optimistic, but I think that the offense could click faster and better than anybody thinks it could. Your thoughts? That's our buddy Stephen Richfield. Uh, there's a lot there, Steve, to nosh on. Um, we'll talk about that with Andy Herman when we come back. But it, I think everything you stated is true. I, I On paper, everybody looks like it, it's the right pick at the right time in the right place. You look at your wide receivers, and while they may be more geared towards the slot, that's okay because you got over-the-top speed in Christian Watson. You've got a good guy in Romeo Dobbs. You've got Samari Torrey with a little bit of experience. You've got more slot guys. You've got now got tight ends. You know, all of this is kind of falling into place. And then you've got two veteran backs coming out of the backfield. You've got an offensive line that is now stable. The offense looks as on paper as if it just should – should go like you know and then you throw into the mix uh, the the cliche that everybody loves to say now we're going to see Matt LaFleur's true offense cuz it was Rodgers offense before so we'll see if we see Matt LaFleur's true offense all of that but it's still got to get from point A to point B uh, that's you know you've got a lot of youth there and experience there 
So different looks, blocking capabilities, missing blitzes, and things like that, which is going to become more incumbent upon uh, whether it's A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones to pick things like that up because that's one of the reasons you didn't want to blow everybody out because then you have no experience back there and you don't want to get your quarterback killed. But And you've got a quarterback. You don't know what the quarterback can take. You don't know if he's going to be able to take hits. You don't know if he's not. You know, you've had two, two more than almost three decades, over three decades of quarterback play for guys that just refused to go down. Rodgers went down twice with broken clavicles. Beyond that, he never went down. He got hurt. You know, the knee issue the one year, the, the thumb last year, the calf muscle the year, you know, a few years back, all of that, but he didn't miss games. So we don't know what it's like to have a quarterback that misses games. We, we don't even know if he's going to be durable. Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast is going to join us coming up after the top of the hour. Stay right there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.